Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Two Halves podcast with me, Parinita. Wow, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. <laughs> 2020, this one's on you. I've always wanted to start a podcast though, but I guess this year has definitely been like a global reset and has given me all the time in the world, suddenly. Usually, if it was my usual routine that I follow every year, I would have been deep in work right now, preparing for my new collection, which would be out in September for the summer seasons. Not this time, not in 2020. So, what exactly is this podcast about? This podcast is about creativity, art, books, design, fashion, the universe, life, and my stories in between. I love telling stories. I've always been a storyteller, a story keeper. Everybody has a story in them that's not told. I have a poster in my studio right now that says, "Ask the next person you meet what their passion is and share your inspiring dream with them." Right? How often do we do that? How often do we ask people and say, "What is your passion? What do you love?" So, I went on this wonderful quest of how creativity got to me or how and why I've always thought I'm a misfit. True story. <laughs> When I was a year and a half old, I swallowed this crayon. Was that my first thrust with creativity? I'm sure we've all had this conversation and we've all decided that most of us are not creative. What is creativity? Why am I not creative? I'm not creative. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I do. I don't create anything. I'm not creative. I've never been creative. To put it in the simplest of terms, creativity is making something that didn't exist before. Do you cook? Of course, you're creative. Did you just write a program? you're creative did you just picture something in the clouds you're creative did you just tap this odd tune on your desk you're creative creativity has no limit and i think that is why people have no understanding of what creativity is because we're always taught something right everything has to have a definition everything has to have okay this is what it's supposed to be this is not what it is so i'm not this this isn't me this is not what i do this is what i can't do i guess it's got a lot to do with creativity being pushed out of us in this book called creative confidence unleashing the creative potential within us all by david and tom kelly they have this amazing story which they heard from thupten jinpa pretty sure i butchered the pronunciation who is actually the dalai lama's english translator so he says in a tibetan language there's no word for creativity or being creative the closest translation is being natural in other words if you want to be more creative you just have to be more natural and creativity is something that doesn't have to be taught it's just something that needs to be liberated from within you it needs to be unleashed do you remember as a child when you went running to your parent or your teacher or any of your friends and you had this wonderful idea or you had something drawn on a piece of paper and you showed it to them and all they said was what are you doing what is this don't do this that that is when you start building this imaginary wall around your creative mind it's happened to me it's happened to me a lot Why is it that we're so afraid of people who do things differently? Why are we so afraid of doing things so differently? As a child I always loved art. <laughs> is it because I swallowed a crayon? I don't know. But I loved art. I would go for these summer camps at these art schools and I remember for some reason I would outline everything with black. Funny, my studio right now has only black frames. Wow. So I guess it was from watching all these cartoons or reading all these comics. I would outline everything with black. So we had this assignment where we had to draw vegetables. So obviously I drew all these vegetables and outlined them with black. And when I handed it in and I got it back, 
the teacher had put this huge remark that said don't outline things with black it's not realistic at 9 years old what do i know about reality actually at 30 years old what do i know about reality reality is an illusion everybody's reality is different everybody's story is different and that's what makes it so necessary for us to tell our stories is it easy to tell our stories no we're always looked at like we're crazy i've been told that a lot of times yes i'm crazy i'm a rebel i don't like conforming i don't like doing this i don't like doing that i'm too loud oh my god i have curly hair it took me a long 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 time to accept who i am why for a long 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 time i felt i was unlovable that i had to change myself that i had to fit into this small box that i had to be perfect that i had to be like everyone else to be accepted and this fear can cripple you this fear can let you just stay and not do anything the universe literally had to make it so uncomfortable for me that i had to push myself out of this was it easy no was it worth it yes i always had this set plan for my life that i finish college i take up this job 2 years later i do this 4 years later i do this at this age this is where my life should be this is what i should be doing this is where i should be living we all have these plans except these plans never work out and thank god for that it wasn't until the universe took away the small box that i was holding in my hand and gave me a world map instead and it said go find your place and i was just lost maybe i still am there is fear this fear is never going away i feel like an imposter every single day i feel like somebody is going to call me and say this is not what you do what are you doing are you qualified to do this we have always been told that we need to know the right answers right to everything that is what our schools teach us that is what we're graded upon that's what we're rewarded for there is a right answer to every question or you fail <laughs> and i failed a lot so somehow i started internalizing it oh my god i'm a failure i'm a failure i'm a failure this is not going to change so what did i try to do i tried to do what was right for everyone else but for me oh and also i was horrible at maths and my god that's like a cardinal sin so most of the time i was failing actually what most of the time i guess all the time and at home i was always compared to my sister who was awesome who still is awesome and i would never be as good as her only now i know how much she hated my guts shout out to all the younger siblings and all the nonsense we actually get away with but at this point and further the fear is actually being solidified i am never going to be good enough for anything mistakes are always going to be pointed out so i picked up this perfectionist umbrella to protect myself i was like everything has to be perfect no one's going to be able to see any mistakes and everything is awesome and i need to like kill myself over every little small thing that i make every little detail has to be in its place everything has to be perfect nothing here or there every day every year i was only building walls around me and i was also encountering situations only that proved this when i was in class 5 i wanted to be an air hostess i have no idea why so my mom asked me one day what would you do if the plane gets hijacked this was right around the time that the air india flight was hijacked and it was all over the news and i was terrified impulsively all i said to her was okay i'll just be a fashion designer then in class 5 how did i even know what a fashion designer does i don't know i don't know if anybody had told me about it i don't know if i knew i don't know what i knew but something new destiny and it just stuck and here i am today 20 years later almost funny thing is i've never stopped feeling like a failure only now i fail a lot better 
Only now I fail for myself. Only now my failures make me a lot more happy. Also because we're always taught that there's a certain kind of success and the rest of the people who don't reach this level of success in their metric system are failures. But each of us have our own systems. Each of us have our own life. Each of us have our own journeys. And thank God for that. When I got into design school, 2 by 2 was not an equation. It, it was not in a maths problem. It was not something I needed to solve. 2 by 2 is a weave. Perspective. Mind blown. Suddenly my mind was open to all these new ways of looking at things. There was no wrong way to do anything. That's the thing about creativity. There's nothing wrong. But we're so scared to do anything because we don't want to be wrong. Suddenly in design school, who you are and what you do mattered so much. And it never did before. We just want to be seen. We just want to be heard. Each of us had to do everything on our own. Our own way. And we were all so different. I always thought I was building myself for the retail industry. I thought I was a great commercial designer. I thought, oh wow, I'm going to pass out of college, get a job. And that's my life. And life is set. My design collection in college was actually the first time I ever saw what I was capable of doing. On my own. It just opened up my mind. And I was like, oh, I can do this also. But then obviously I already had a job. So then I went to work. I had to instantly forget what I had done just the previous month. All the dreams that I had just seen. But I was like, okay, this is what it is now. So let's see. You know sometimes how you have to go down a path to realize that this is not for you. Or that you know you have this calling. Weirdly. So I said, okay, this is not for me. I need to do something better. For myself. That is when Pariha was born. So I decided I'm going to quit my job and start my own label. And I came back and told my parents. I'm pretty sure they were like, oh my god, here she's going crazy again. But I guess for some reason they were okay. Or they just never told me. Wow. Another funny story. Growing up, I've always been around two things. A sewing machine and cameras. My mom is too cool. She used to stitch dresses for us when we were kids. And my dad loves photography. So I think weirdly they thought I'm like this amalgamation of both of what they love. I remember I used to try and stitch on her sewing machine when I was a kid. I couldn't then and I still can't. Only she can do that. <laughs> so we bought these two sewing machines, set them up in a room which is on my terrace, and that became my temporary studio. It was just a room, and I have cut patterns on the floor. I have a busted knee because of it. Yes, I'm old now. It's getting worse. But I think the drive at that time was something that now when I look back I was like, wow. Small things were so exciting. They still are actually. The possibilities were just unlimited, infinite. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I had to do that somehow the universe just nudged me in this direction and I was like, okay, I guess I'll see where it goes. My first order, I remember, was such an epic fail, such an epic fail, and it brought back so many fears, so many. This nagging voice in my head that went, "Oh my god, you're a failure. You can't do this. This is never going to work. What made you think you can do it?" But I had nothing to fall back on. I was trying to make everything so perfect because I had no other option. I didn't want to make mistakes. I didn't want to fail. And I've lived with this crippling fear for so long. Most of the days I'd spent unlearning all this nonsense that I'd been telling myself for years of how I'd allowed people to tell me who I am and what I can or cannot do. Suddenly I had this absolute blank canvas in front of me and I had no idea what tomorrow is going to look like. Uncertainty became my buddy. and i had to believe that anything is possible everything is possible at any time the only way was ahead 
I still remember the first time I got a table to cut on. I was so happy. Oh my god, I have a table. Finally. Amazing times. Finally Pariha studio was set up. Now I was like, okay, great. Now what do we do next? When we were in college, they had taken us to Bangalore Fashion Week to help backstage. That was the first time I guess I saw the craziness of what happens in a fashion show. So I thought, wow, that is my next step. Bangalore Fashion Week. That's what we'll do. Now I needed to make a collection and I was looking. I was like, what do I do? What do I fall back on? Yakshagana. Yakshagana is this traditional theater dance form of Karnataka. It's a folk art form that's almost breathing its last. And I had gone for a wedding when I was in class 8 and there was a yakshagana performance. And it's very very odd to have a yakshagana performance at a wedding. So I asked my mom. I said, "How is there a yakshagana performance happening here?" To which she said, "You know, nobody watches this anymore. So I guess this is their opportunity." Somewhere I guess that stuck. An assignment in college was inspired by yakshagana. My graduation collection was inspired by yakshagana and this dance form is so close to my heart so so close to my heart and if i could do anything anything for these art forms i would do it in a heartbeat this is what makes me believe that i can tell stories how i want them to now that i think of it i don't know if i was taking it forward or it was taking me forward so i got everything in place and i was like okay this is it so we're going to do the show working like a mad person <laughs> i don't know what day time it is this show felt like home like oh my god it's my city it's mine was i scared yes i was i was petrified but i think this was the first time my family actually saw what the hell i do upstairs how i vanish for days <laughs> the show was amazing the feedback was great and i was like wow and i think i fell asleep for the next 2 months it's like the best stepping stone it's me testing the waters it's me showing myself that i can do this so this is what became very important to pariha to tell stories that are quietly fading out in whatever small way i can to talk about these art forms that people have forgotten about to give them a glimpse of what it was and how it is right now so i'm thinking great we had this first amazing experience what do we do next progression next big step is a national show so i'm looking for a story to tell so i'm searching for all these art forms that are dying and stories that are being forgotten and i come across this article where it said 10 art forms that are almost extinct i knew 9 of them and i didn't know one and that was ganjifa and then i was like oh my god what is ganjifa and then i started looking for ganjifa ganjifa cards are playing cards that are hand painted and it's been around for 400 years 400 i had no idea that i was looking or that i would find such a treasure It was so prevalent in India at one point. All of these states had different forms, their own versions, their own depictions, their own stories, but nobody knows what Ganjifa is now. And I got really lucky because I found a lot of its history and I know it was very it was a very very big part of the Mysore history, the Wadayar family. So I was like, "Great, Mysore is right here. I can go visit the artists." So I searched and I found this artist and I said, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do." I went to this museum or this art gallery where this they actually have the ganjifa that the kings used to use in their palaces they were metal and gold plated and i think i was in a trance that is really the best way i can explain it i was lost looking at these cards have you ever felt like that that you're looking at something and you're just transported into another time another dimension i really don't know how i chanced upon this but i knew the story had to be told this is my story and i needed to tell it another place that has ganjifa cards is savantwadi so the queen mother at the savantwadi palace has artisans who still make these sets that are mostly sold to foreigners 
because nobody knows what they are anymore so i go meet her amazing woman and again i'm really lucky to have met her so we got to talking about it and she was telling me how her husband started this with these artisans and how they train people and the younger people don't want to learn they don't want to learn this art form anymore and when i met these artisans they were so excited they were so happy that someone really is asking them what they do what they like how they do how they started reassurance reassurance that i need to tell the story so i'm trying my best to get into this national show and i'm like oh my god this is the next big step and everybody around me is telling me oh yes yes this is the only big step and there's nothing that's bigger than that and that's the only thing you need to do and you'll just be everywhere so i'm like okay great the story needs to be told and the story needs to be everywhere this is what i'm going to do so i'm chasing the show like oh my god i need to make it i need to do this i need to do that i need to do this i need to do that and i signed up for this workshop which was happening and they told me oh uh, which was happening for the show so they said oh yeah we can get you a stall and i said great like i was so desperate to be there i said okay great this stall is great i will take it so done everything is sorted i'm at this workshop everybody's loving ganjifa nobody knew what it is everybody was mind blown and i was like great the story is important this is this is amazing so then i get back to work and i'm like trying to do all these things and i think just a few weeks before before the show i got a call and they said there's been a leakage at the venue so they're cutting down the number of stalls and i was cut off the list i didn't know what to do i think i cried like a mad child in the shower i remember this i was like what is happening how can this be possible you know this story was so important i needed to tell it and everything was fitting so well and everything was coming out great bam gone it took me a while to get over that but i don't know i had this weird belief in the universe i won't say unrelenting let's just say weird i'm like okay if it didn't come to me i guess it's going to be replaced by something bigger better whenever and i stopped working i stopped i i actually didn't go ahead with the collection after that so i thought okay maybe not a stall let me try for the show look at me still not giving up huh? because everybody told me this was the right next step So I'm like okay great I guess this is what I should do. So here I am oh my god sending in applications doing this doing that obviously it didn't happen again. So then I'm like okay then I had to have like this conversation with myself and I said why are you doing this? Is this really the only option? So I sat back and I'm like maybe not. Again I don't know what how what belief this is. So I stopped chasing and I said I really need to stop running after this thing. It's only going further away. I need to just let it be. There's a poster on my mirror that says change the game. I scratched out change and I said be the game. I now had to believe that there is something better and I need to stop chasing anything. And I had a photo shoot. Basically I had a lot of work done for this collection. So I'm like what do I do with it? On a whim I decided to put it on this website called Not Just a Label. If you guys are from the design community and you guys have or need something, some place to put your work, Not Just a Label it is. I think you guys should totally check it out. Shout out to them for the amazing work that they do. So I had a few pictures of the collection. Of course I had the description and and everything else. So I just put it up and I let it go. I didn't even think about it. I just did it. A few months later I get this email from a show that happens in Vancouver saying that they love my work and they really want to get to know what I do and they want to invite me to do a show at Vancouver Fashion Week. Moment of impact. I was just like, "What?" And Vancouver is something that's that I've never mentioned, that I've never seen, that I've never I'd never heard of this Fashion Week before. If you look at my vision board, there's only Paris, New York, London, Milan, Tokyo. all these crazy places i was just like vancouver wow for some reason i didn't hesitate i don't know why again i don't know so i wrote back to them and we got in touch and we had this amazing call where we discussed about what we can do and what's going to happen and everything so i'm like yes this is it this is my next big thing i'm like oh my god we're going to do this international show 
So I pick up all the pieces that I left off and I'm like, okay, this needs to get done. This needs to get done. So I start working, working, working as usual. Lost. So then we're getting all these, we're getting all the visa forms sorted and everything and, and I'm working, working, working and everything's happening and everything's falling in place. Great. And my visa gets rejected. <laughs> Obviously, right? They're not going to let her, wait, wait. They're not going to let a single unmarried who has no travel history go to a first world country. Obvious, right? Anyways, so I was like, oh my God, now what's going to happen? Everything is done. So we had to get extra forms. We had to get things filled out again and we had to get somebody to write to the consulate and everything saying, oh my God, she's just coming for the show and you know, she's already done so much and we've got to get this done. We've got to get this sorted. So I apply again and I didn't stop working like the last time. The last time I gave up. This time I somehow didn't. I just knew that I had to get it done. I couldn't control this. I couldn't control what these visa people are going to do. What I could control was me and my work. So I got back to it in full swing as usual. My show's supposed to be on September 23rd. September, I love you. And first week of September, I have no visa. So now, right, I have no visa and I'm frantically working and I'm thinking, oh my God, okay, so the collection is done and I need to get a photo shoot done. And I'm like, okay, so this, this is what it's going to be. And I asked somebody to do it and that didn't work out. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So on a whim, we decided, okay, let's just travel. We, we know this amazing place. Said, let's take everything there. Let's do it there. Last minute plans, extremely last minute plans. Again, could not have planned this. Could not have planned this. We got a model last minute. We told her, can you please manage your makeup on your own? Because I really won't be able to help you with that. So we've sorted all this out and we're shooting in this amazing place. Everything's done. And we got amazing pictures because we were having so much fun. Second week of September, I have no visa and I'm freaking out. So I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? Every morning I would wake up and that's the only thing I would check. And I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? One week before I had to leave was when I got my visa. So I have no time to think. Finished everything. Oh my God. Yeah, this is done. This is done. I'm flying halfway across the world to do my first international show alone. I have no idea what's going to happen. My parents are losing it. <laughs> but I was like, are you, are you sure you're going to be able to do it? Are you sure you're going to be able to? I'm like, yes, I'm going to have help backstage. It's okay. It just needs to be done. So I like pack my bags and my bag is this insanely huge bag and I'm off. And I'm assuming that I'm going to be really scared. I didn't know a thing about fear that time at all. Here I am traveling on my own to do a show halfway across the world and I'm excited as hell. Of course, I'm convinced that, oh yes, of course, the fear. I'm convinced that I'm losing my luggage. I don't even know why. I'm just convinced that my luggage is not going to come out because obviously, right, if I don't have my luggage, my show is basically gone. So I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh my God, my luggage is gone. My luggage is gone. That is my worry. Nothing else. So we land at Vancouver and I'm looking outside the plane and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm home. I can't explain this in better words. I felt like I was home. How did the universe make this happen? How? This collection was supposed to be in a stall somewhere, hidden. And now it's going to be showcased in an international show. Just like that. Just like that. So I get off. I'm like, oh my god, I'm already in love with the city. I've seen nothing. So I... I'm heading to get my luggage and I'm like, oh my god, my luggage is not going to come. My luggage is not going to come. My luggage is not going to come. And there it is. The universe was like, really, bro? Really? So I get my luggage, I leave and I meet the most amazing taxi driver. He tells, he gives me like the most amazing introduction to Vancouver. He's like, oh, where are you from? What do you do? And everything. And I'm talking to him like, we're just like long lost best friends. And I'm just like, wow, the city is so amazing. And he tells me where to go, what to do. And I'm just like, thank you so much. I was in love with that city already. And I hadn't even reached my hotel. And of course, Vancouver is 12 and a half hours behind. So according to my actual vampire schedule, I am right on time. So I go, I, I leave all my luggage and I'm like, okay, I need to explore the city and I start walking around. And everyone is so happy. 
and everyone is so chatty everybody stops and talks to you and i'm just like wow what is this like you're standing across the road and people will look at you and smile like the happiest smile and they'll say good morning how are you i'm just like wow everybody's so happy so i'm walking down i walk down to this beach and i'm just like oh my god i'm at the beach again i I'm, i'm not so much of a beach person but anyways but that was my first day in Vancouver. So next day I'm still chilling. I still have time for my show so I'm like okay, this is great. Great time to explore the city. So I decided to take a walk. So I'm walking down again to the same beach. It was just down the road. So I'm like okay, let me see which side I want to go. So I'm walking, walking I and I can see at a distance that there are mountains and it's covered with mist. I'm like okay, this is the direction I'm going to walk in and I just start walking. And suddenly I just started crying. Like I couldn't believe I was here. How how did this happen? How I was just too overwhelmed, too 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 much. And at this point, the only thing I could think of were my best friends. And I'm standing over there and texting these people and I'm like, "Oh my god, thank you for believing in me all the time." It was just insanely overwhelming and i was like oh my god i hope nobody's looking at me because people are so sweet they'll come up and talk to you and be like what's happening are you okay are you okay so i decided to start walking and i just walk 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 and i'm just free like i don't know what's going to happen but i don't care that city has something or maybe it was just me i don't know i can't really put it in words no matter how much i think about it it's like vancouver picked me i didn't pick vancouver So anyways by I think the second or third day the city was completely mine. I was like oh my god I can do anything here. I can just live here. <laughs> so we're at the day of my show and I go for fittings in the morning and everything is great. Finish all the fittings, I come back and my call time was 5 o'clock. My show was at 7. I'm walking back right extremely chill and happy and I get ready and I go back. And my clothes were not steamed. I have a show in 1 and 1/2 hours and my clothes are not steamed and I have a lot of layered clothes. So I'm freaking out freaking out so i'm like frantically standing and steaming everything and i'm just like oh my god this is not going to get done this is not going to get done again right my my whole fear of the only thing i could control the only thing i could do was this and i can't and again all these thoughts of oh my god how did you think you could do this on your own how did you think this was going to happen you really can't do anything so i'm like okay I need to shut this fear out right now. I have other things to do. I had this organza skirt which was completely crushed. It never made it on the ramp because there was no time. But that's the crazy backstage madness that I would go back to every single time. I could never have planned that. Everything was new. Everything was crazy. And just like that it was done. And I'm telling you it played on my mind for a very long time. For a very very long time that that skirt didn't make it on the ramp. Why? Instead of looking at all the amazing things that I had just done, my mind was constantly like, "Oh my god, that didn't make it. That didn't make it. That didn't make it. That didn't make it." Like I had to consciously snap myself out of this crazy loop that I was stuck in. And I was like, "Get over it, woman. Get over it. You're in Vancouver." So I'm like, "Okay. Let it go." Everything else was amazing. <laughs> the show was great. The feedback was great. The people are amazing. And I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave that city, I remember. So I'm back now. The show's over. everything's over there's no more fear of losing my luggage anymore so i'm back home and my schedule is all the more warped having breakfast at 6 in the morning crazy so much for having so many plans so much for me making all tiny plans i guess ganji for really had to be told to the world in whatever so small way i could few weeks later i get this email from british vogue saying they saw my work at vancouver and they want to put my work in their magazine and i'm like British Vogue are you kidding me how were these things happening so my collection went from a stall to an international show the photo shoot that we did so last minute on our own those pictures were going to be in British Vogue i couldn't have planned this like way better even if i sat and wrote it 
So my collection, which is called Square Peg, inspired by Ganjifa cards, was about being a misfit in today's society, is now in British Vogue. So 2019 has started off amazingly with Pariha being in two issues of British Vogue, Jan and Feb. And I was like, wow, it's getting crazier. So of course, I'm looking for my next inspiration for my next collection because it has to happen. Just before New Year's, I started doing this meditation. And I always wanted to paint my room. Like I've had discussions about it with my friends and everything, but I never really got to doing it. So I did this meditation and I got this vision. It was just two semicircles which were a little displaced. And I was like, wow, that's a great idea to start. So I got these paints and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to start painting. And I had no idea what I was going to come up with. All I knew was these two displaced semicircles. So I painted it in the middle of my room and I said, okay, I'll just build on it. So I start building and my mind starts coming up with these geometric shapes to fit in. Not so perfect, actually. But I was trying to be, I'm sure. So I'm filling in these huge walls with shapes of all kinds And it's all coming together. So the combination that I used was silver and yellow. It took me a long time to finish it though. Of course. So I'm still thinking. I'm like, what what is my collection going to be inspired from? What art form? What am I looking at? How am I going to come up with my new collection? I'm completely blank. So I'm reading, trying to find things where I can work. Trying to do this, trying to do that. And then I just looked around at what I had just created. This was me bringing out the artist in me. And this is the story I need to tell. So I took pictures of the artwork that was on the wall and I made prints out of them. And then I got them digitally printed on the fabrics. And that's what two halves my collection was. So I'm starting this off and I'm like, okay, so we have to bring this out in September. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? So this Vancouver fashion team got in touch with me again. And they have something called Global Fashion Collective where they put in a few designers in all these fashion weeks across all these fashion capitals. And he said, hey, do you want to do Tokyo? And for the first time ever in my life, I had the guts to open my mouth and ask, do you have a spot in Paris? Because I knew this was their first time in Paris. And I asked, and he said, you want to do Paris? And I said, yes. And for the first time, it was all my heart and all my head that agreed. And he said, great, then let's look into it. And this time it was a lot more calmer. It was a lot more thought out. It was not frantic. I knew what needed to be done. I knew where the shoot was going to happen. Everything was sorted. Two halves is also about this constant push and pull lives that we live in. It's always this dichotomy, right? Head or heart. Fear or faith. Left or right. Ahead or behind. Success or failure. Night or day. Love or hate. Masculine or feminine. It's also mostly about fear or faith. Most of our decisions are either based on fear or either based on faith. But it's about this whole idea of working with them together. I still have fear, but I choose faith. I need both of these things for me to work together. I need my head and my heart. I need my left brain and my right brain. I need masculine energy and I need feminine energy. I need crazy. I need order. I need plans, but I still need to be uncertain. It doesn't have to be this battle between one and the other. It doesn't have to be the choice between one or the other. It needs to be this blend of one and the other. Honestly, my fear is never going to leave me. But I needed to fuel my faith. And for a change, I was not running around last minute like always, trying to finish so many things at once. It was all done. My show was on September 30th, 2019. September, again. What is it about this month and my life that it always wishes to change? So now we're off to Paris. And this time my sister's coming along. 
one of her best friends is joining us and one of my best friends is coming too so we're all excited and this is paris fashion week and i'm still convinced that i'm losing my luggage huh? this is not this is just there this is just constant i guess so we land in paris we're waiting for our luggage mine comes out and due to a technical issue my sister's doesn't and i'm like oh my god did i attract this but of course nothing like that happened everything was fine we left we're driving to our hotel and i can see the top of the eiffel and oh my god i'm like okay two years two cities that i have completely fallen in love with again i know nothing about the city so we get to our hotel and we're walking around and we go see the eiffel and i'm just thinking wow this has got to be a dream and because i'm carrying fears from the last time i chose a hotel which was right next to my venue so i don't have to be late i'm going to make sure everything is steamed everything is all set before i start the show there's going to be nothing that goes wrong still trying to control everything so it's the day of the fittings the day of my show actually so we had our fittings at 8:45 in the morning and our show was supposed to start at 1 o'clock so our call time was 8:45 so i'm up and ready and i just have to go across the lane so i'm there but we don't have our racks because there was this massive parade so everybody was stuck on the road so we didn't know what to do so we decided okay let's let's wait for a while so it's about 10 o'clock now nothing has arrived yet so we decide okay we need to start getting on with the fittings because we have a show at 1 o'clock so we start doing the fittings with all the models and everything is just kept on this table so we finish our fittings and everything was awesome and we still don't have racks yet we still don't have our equipment yet so i tell this girl hey just give me half an hour i'll just go quickly change and come back because i'm like yes it's right here it's right across so i go i quickly come back the racks are all here everything is set and i don't have hangers to put up my clothes so i'm running around looking for hangers like i need hangers i need hangers so we finally get hangers we put everything on the rack now i need to steam everything so we start steaming everything quickly as usual i have a lot of layers so we're steaming everything quickly and we're waiting for the show to start and i just finish and they're looking at me and they're like are you done are you done and i'm like yes yes so all of us are standing backstage in the order of our show and i was third in this group and i had invited people from the embassy and i had my people in the front row and my models were also walking for the first designer so i'm freaking out right now right i'm like oh my god it's not going to be done in time it's not going to be done in time how am i going to get everything done how are people going to wear so many layers i don't know so the show starts music and my heart is pumping out of my chest and i'm like oh my god oh my god this is it this is it so the first designer gets done they're all standing and i'm giving out their outfits and suddenly we have 20 people backstage helping us like all these dressers and i'm like wow where did they just appear from but anyways we're all done we're standing the lineup is set and my music starts playing i don't think i can still articulate what that felt like like for those 5 6 minutes nothing in the world mattered i was just blank blank and i'm standing backstage and it's my turn to go out now and i step out and i run down these set of stairs and in my head i'm like woman don't run you're so clumsy you're going to fall and everybody's clapping and cheering and i'm just like what is happening so i'm walking and people are telling me wow your collection was amazing it was absolutely stunning and i'm just like okay this is just insane and i turn and i go back and i'm backstage and we're just hugging everybody it was all done it was all done and we had to wrap up backstage and leave in like 20 minutes quickly ran behind packed everything put everything together made sure all of my pieces are there counting 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 put everything back and i'm walking out and everybody who spots me is like wow we loved your collection your collection was really good this was the first time i believed it 
Why I didn't before all this time I don't know. And then we walked back to our hotel and at this point I'm like disintegrating. My mind was done. My mind was sending signals to my body saying it's done it's done it's done just rest now just rest it's done it's completely done. I could barely walk like my body was giving up. So I reached the hotel and I'm standing in the bathroom with this mirror that's high up to the wall and I'm looking at myself and I saw myself differently. What had I just done? How did this happen? For the first time I was fully present. Fully mind, body, heart and soul present when I was looking at myself in the mirror there. There's actually no better way to explain it. And I walk out and I just need to rest for a bit. And all these people are sitting in my room and watching my show. All the live videos, all the videos I've taken on their phone and I'm like I don't want to see this right now. I cannot. I need to create some distance. So I didn't see anything. I didn't see any of the pictures, any of the videos, any of them I taken or I was tagged in anything, nothing. I took a break because I just had to or my mind would have exploded. <laughs> it was too much to process at once at one time. So I just let it be. Then we were walking because we had to eat. We went somewhere and I, and I could barely walk. I was hanging on to my friend because I was like I can't walk. I'm so tired. All I could do was get myself to the restaurant, get back and just be on the bed. That's it. That's it. So when I came back after a few hours, I'm like, "Okay, let me look at it now. <laughs> let me look at the videos and the pictures now." So I looked at it and I looked at the feedback and I looked at all these bloggers and I was like, "Oh my god." I think I was dumbstruck. I I don't think I had any words. Maybe I still don't. I can't I haven't processed it completely. So I just sat there reading all the messages I'd received, replying to them, waiting to talk to my best friends because they had seen it live and I was like, "Oh my god, I need to talk to these girls." So our celebration that night was Fanta, Mango Fanta, and we called for biryani because we wanted to feel like we were home. And it was amazing. <laughs> really good biryani. And then I think I couldn't any longer so I just fell asleep. Best sleep I've had in months, I guess. Woke up the next day, the last day in Paris. We're like, what do we do? What do we do? So just chilling, hanging around. And after that we just left. It was over in a flash. And I came back with my heart full of love and my head full of stories and without losing my luggage. My 30th birthday was like a landmark in its true sense. I couldn't believe what I had done in the last 2 years. So next year was all the more important to me. By next year I mean 2020. What was I going to do this year? What story was I going to tell? What city was I going to fall in love with? So much for making plans, right? But can we be really certain of anything? I've learned that I can be certain of nothing and there is so much beauty in it. So much. I love the idea of uncertainty. It's given me so many possibilities. I don't know what's happening tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to wake up tomorrow. This year is the biggest blank canvas we could have ever asked for. It's asking us to stop and think how we want to do things. It took me a long long time to understand that the things that are happening, the situations that the universe is bringing up to me is happening for me, not to me. If I didn't like something, I had to switch my perspective from why is this happening to me and understand why it's happening for me. So if there's anything that we don't understand, maybe we should ask ourselves, why is this happening for me? Why is the universe giving you extra time? I had to learn patience, but the path was through uncertainty. I had to learn self-love, but the path was through a breakup. I had to learn how to let go of control of trying to be the best and trying to do everything right, and the path was through a crushed skirt. I had to believe in all that I am and that path is through Pariha and I always say that Pariha is my alter ego Pariha is so colorful so dramatic when I'm not Pariha is so bold and crazy and does all these wild things when I'm like 
oh no i'm so scared i can't do this maybe i'm not ready for this so to me in my head pariha is a version of me that i will always strive to be it's this person pulling me forward whether i know whether i like it whether i'm ready it doesn't matter what matters is that i just go do it and i would really really love to know what you do in your day with all your heart whether it's just randomly singing in the shower it's you making that amazing cup of coffee every morning it's you coming up with your signature dish it's you listening to your favorite band or watching that one movie or that one episode of a series because it speaks straight to your soul and why do you relate to these things what is the one thing you said you'll do when you have more time now you have more time what are those crazy dreams you used to write in your school notebooks what are these things your friends tell you that you're so good at and you should really think about doing something with it just take 5 minutes of your day and do these things for yourself with all your heart and see how it makes you feel when you light that tiny spark in your heart you start glowing and then you inspire someone else to do it somebody somewhere across the world was inspired to do something because of you and that person will inspire someone else it's this amazing chain reaction and if there's anything you want to tell me about all these crazy things you've done or you feel like doing or you want to do or if you swallowed a crayon in your childhood too please write to me you can find me on instagram at pariha.designstudio that is p a r i h a .designstudio i would love to hear from you also we are more closer to each other now than we've ever been before and the world is not going to get back to what it used to be so whatever you do for yourself the small 5 minutes that you take for yourself every day there are no mistakes there are no failures there are no setbacks there are only learnings let's quiet our minds a little bit so we can hear our hearts speak to us a lot more clearly and let's also love ourselves a little more today than we did yesterday one of my most favorite things when i pick up a book is the dedications page and i have a lot of dedications this one is to my sister mahalakshmi who threatened to stab me with a pen if i don't start this podcast so here i am to my soulmate rupal for finding me when we were 3 years old and always believing in me to my mochi nisha for being by my side through everything and always always seeing the best in me to my crazy one ahilya for making me feel like we're still neighbors and you're not so far away and for coming to paris to my baby cousin neetu for being my partner in all these art classes and all these cartoons we used to watch as kids to the lovely parul for being my family in vancouver and i will come back some day and finally to my mentor jamal Thank you so much for putting Pariha on the world map and for believing in Pariha and telling me that Vancouver Fashion Week is my big break it's a lot more than that and thank you mom and dad for not having a choice but to accept the crazy that I am thank you so much for taking time off your day and listening to my crazy story and I'm all here to listen to yours so keep being this crazy quirky mad weird freak i am one of those people and i see art in you